It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's up, man? Well, not too much. Uh, We've had quite the eventful weekend for the Titans. Uh, a, A game Saturday afternoon that was, I guess, a little bit more adventurous than what we were all hoping for. But Titans end up getting the win and get the one one piece of they did one of two things to go right this weekend. And they got that. So now you have set up a win and end football game against the Colts next week. So we're gonna break all that down for you. Before we do that, remind you we're right from you to see miracles.com. Cover Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert. Uh, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. All right, so Titans win twenty five sixteen. Final score a little bit uh, a little bit more, I, I guess, lopsided than the game actually was with Malcolm Butler uh, returning a, an interception as time expired. Uh, but the Titans did enough to win the game. Uh, Marks Mariota got hurt again, uh, elbow stinger, whatever it is. Uh, they, they they're calling it a stinger. Mike Vrabel did not have a press conference. We'll have that on Monday. Um, so we'll get you know a Mike Vrabel type uh, information session on on an injury. I would imagine we'll be just kind of monitoring practice reports as the week goes along. Uh, just keep in mind he had what they called a stinger uh, in the the Colts, and I think was limited on win- in Wednesday's practice, but then was fully practicing by Thursday. And you know there was never really a question of whether he was going to go or not. So. Hopefully, we're in the same kind of timeline. Um, you know, just unfortunate that it happened to him again. I don't know what the what the right answer is there or whatever. It just seems like whatever it is with his elbow is, is not all the way healed, and I guess it's not going to be this season. Uh, Blaine Gabbert did enough. The Titans were able to win, But, I mean, I would have zero confidence in their ability to beat the Colts on Sunday night with Blaine Gabbert. Oh, and hats off to Blaine. First off, you know he came in, and I, I already had the tight. <laughs> I was about to give up hope, um, but you know credit to him. Flair dialed up some pass plays for him, which I, I'm not sure I agree with. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but he was good uh, outside of that one throw that should have been intercepted. He he was pretty. Even that strike down the seam to Michael Pruitt that, that probably should have been caught for a touchdown. So. Um, that's that's who the Titans signed him to be, uh, the guy where the offense didn't fall off a cliff uh, when he came. So 7-11, 101 yards, and a, and a touchdown. Can't ask for much more than that. But story here is Marcus Mariota. Uh, once again, that elbow. Like you said, it's just something, something's not right. You know, I, I think you can safely say that. It's the third time it's, it's hurt this year. Um, you know, I'm a doctor, I don't know how much it's related um, but you know, you had the doctor saying it just—it was like a guitar string. It needed to to just kind of buzz out, and, and we'd be fine. It's still here in, in week 17. So, uh, man, off season can't get here quick enough for Marcus Mariota. Uh, and just how about his luck, man? It, it just seems like when everything starts going right for him, the bottom falls out once again. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it, it's frustrating because we we're talking about this before we started recording. You know, the first question we get whenever we talk to whether it's a crossover episode or whatever, you know, what do you make of Marcus Mariota? Is he the franchise quarterback? Or are they going to sign him to a long-term extension? And 
I, I still believe he has the ability to be that guy. Um, you know, when, when everything's when he's right, when everything's going right. But it, it, for whatever reason, we just can't seem to get everything consistently going right for him. So, I, I, yeah, it, it's frustrating. Like I said, hopefully he'll be there for this game because they're going to need Sunday. Like I said, Blaine Gabbert, I mean, he, he did enough. Yeah, he was good enough to, to lead the Titans to a win, made enough pays. And, you know, like you said, signed him to be able to come in and not have the huge drop-off that we saw last year when Matt Castle was in their play. And so I, I was a little bit frustrated with the play calling. It just seems like, it, I don't know, it seemed like even when Marcus was in there, it, they've been riding Derrick Henry the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's been the offense different since he's been running differently. And I, I don't know, it just seemed like they weren't really committed to getting him in a rhythm in this game. Uh, I, I don't, the play calling has been frustrating for the majority. It just seems like, I can't figure out what the plan is. Maybe, maybe Matt LaFleur has a plan, and I, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But it, it just seems like in this game, and then especially after, you know, after Mariota gets hurt, you would just, you know, turn around and hand it to Derrick Henry and, and let him wear the defense down, uh, you know. And this seems like a great way to get – Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the, the defense in a little bit. And, I mean, the Redskins were able to do more offensively than I thought they would be able to. But it just seemed like they weren't – I don't know. It just it, it seemed to me, you know, a no brainer. You come in, you're committed to giving the ball to Derrick Henry, and you know Derrick Henry gets the first series, but then you see losing there in the second series, and I, I just I, I don't get that. Uh, earlier in the year, you know, when Derrick Henry wasn't being as effective as he has been, uh, when Deion Lewis was was being more effective, you, you get the run on stuff. But at this point, I just you know maybe every third series for Deion Lewis. I mean, I, I would understand something like that, but I, I don't understand giving him the second series of the game. I, I, you know, just, let's just drop the series. You know, Dion Lewis doesn't deserve a series. He, he deserves to come in on passing downs um, and, and back up Derrick Henry. That, that's what he. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what, what what's happened with him. I'd love for someone to tell me, but he's just not the same guy we saw. So, you know, you open the game, you go down the field, you score, you answer the field goal uh, with six, and then you put Dion Lewis in, and then you run a reverse to Corey Davis, and then you run an inside handoff to Darius Jennings. I, 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 just why? Uh, so I, I think Mettler's still trying to find himself as a play caller. Uh, still wants, still trying to be creative when, you know, this is just really isn't a creative. It's just straight ahead, gives the ball to 22 and, and try and get out of his way. So, yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely frustrating. You know, I'm, I'm, he did a decent job in the second half. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. I, I understand that the defense knows what's coming with, with Gabbert in the game. Um, and, and with Henry in the game, you're, you're just going to feed Derrick Henry up the middle. Uh, they stayed aggressive. You know, they they dialed up some some passes down the field for Gabbert, which I thought was in. Uh, it almost blew up in their face with, with the direction, but uh, it worked out. I, I don't know if I would run that again. Uh, I, I would have thought Derrick Henry would carry this team, but it really didn't happen. Uh, Henry ended up with one carries on the day. Um, I thought he really should have pushed towards 30 myself. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, it just goes like the when, when they get the ball first and goal at the two in the fourth quarter. There, there's four and a half minutes left, and you know Adrian Peterson had been doing work against the Titans defense, and you know I was just thinking, listen, and four times here if that's what it takes, you know. And then they they were in the play action, and Gabriel rolls out, and I'm screaming at the TV, and then you know obviously Michael Pruitt was was wide open in the back of the end zone, catches the touchdowns, everything, you know, we we saw it played out, everything worked out, but um, yeah, I, like that point. And I'm like, let's eat some clock. I don't care if it takes three downs to get in here. That way, at least you're taking some time off the clock or make the Redskins use their timeouts or whatever. 
But um, like you said, I mean, it, it makes sense from that. Uh, and they were obviously loading the box. And so if, if there's some stuff that it's going to be there, uh, you, you'd like to take it. But I, I don't know. It just there, there are times where, it, like you said, it just seems like – and this is not a problem that is only happening to the Titans. Um, the, the Saints and the Steelers, you know, a game that we were all watching obviously very closely because um, we needed the Saints to win. And, you know, the, they're letting Taysom Hill throw – passes he's thrown interceptions they're you know Kamara. i mean you know and listen sean payton is regarded as one of the best coaches in the league so i mean it just seems like these coaches get a they they get a little too fancy sometimes you know the, the whole fancy play syndrome thing um so i mean i think it happens to even the, the best guys out there but I, I don't know it just seems like what in this game in this game against the colts i mean load it up let henry run see if you can win it that way because i think the best the best plan of attack for the Titans on Sunday night is going to be to keep the Colts' offense off uh, with the injury situations that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, they did enough to win. Uh, you know, this this team, uh, and, and, and we can talk about this a little bit too, but, like, the resiliency of this team is, is really amazing. And, and I think sometimes maybe we're a little bit with, with some of the things that we talk about. But, like, this team, th- there's been all kinds of adversity with this team. I mean, think about, you know, your starting quarterback now being able to throw his hand for <laughs> the first six weeks of the season, but then at other points that, apparently, it's still an issue. Um, you know, you've, you've had offensive line injury after offensive line injury. I mean, we don't even think about Kevin Panfield, the fact that he hasn't been here in a long time, you know, and, and he got a start early in the season. Um, but, you know, obviously Conklin not being here at the beginning and then, you know, not, obviously not being throughout the year, Dennis Kelly coming in and playing, um, you, you know, you've had receivers that have been hurt. You've had corners that have been hurt. I mean, there, there's been all kinds of things all over the field, and this team has kept it to, and has done enough to where they're playing a meaningful game in Week 17, and they've, you know, at, even if they lose, they're not in seven, and it's the first time since the Titans have been here, you know, in, in what, almost 20 years, that they have put together three winning seasons in a row. Do that. Those Jeff Fisher teams, the Steve McNair teams, never put together three winning seasons in a row. So it's pretty remarkable what they've been able to do with all the adversity they face. That's pretty amazing. You know, when you, when you think about this era, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I, I think frustration, you know, kind of missed opportunities, uh, just not really getting all there was out of out of rosters. Uh, but like you said, the three straight winning seasons, that, that's just pretty wild. And, and the adversity thing, you know, it's good to see them do it with a who's really been the guy. Like Ames, he, you know, you, you put the game on the line, that guy's going to go win it for you. Uh, but he wasn't out there. Uh, obviously, the defense stepped up. You know, Josh Johnson played a really admirable, admirable game, made one mistake really all day, uh, and, and it bit him. But, you know, that was kind of a product of them not being able to find the end zone. Uh, Titans, once again, you, you know, Giving up yards in between the 20s, but sitting tall uh, when they have, that's been a theme. Uh, it's continuing. So I thought that was huge. You know, hats off to Jay Gruden. I, I thought he called a, a really nice game, mixing up run and pass, getting Adrian Peterson plenty of touches, uh, 26 carries at, at what, 33 years old, and looked fantastic. He looked like he was 25 again. So um, really a, a really good effort from the Redskins. Obviously, the score doesn't show it. Uh, you know, Malcolm Butler, capping off. really good, cool moment for him, scoring that ton, uh, capping off kind of what's been a, a tough season for him. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to the defense. 
before we do, Brett Kern, man, that yeah. guy, like, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, you know, and the Titans, you know, the, the Broncos cut him, right? I mean, that, that's how he ended up of a year. And he's turned out to be a weapon for this team. I mean, that punt at the end of the game, that is a thing of beauty. You know, I mean, just, and you see him all fired up and the guys jumping up. I mean, it, that was, uh, you know, to, to get a punt right there where, you know, there's 20 seconds left in the game, the absolute worst thing that could happen would be for them to get a good return to set up, you know, a, a scenario where they have a chance to, you know, have a short field. Because at that point it was, you know, it was 1916. So if they can get a short field, have a field goal over time, who knows what happened. Um, but, I mean, he, you know, perfect punt, angles it out of bounds, you know, the ball down to 15. I heard something earlier. I can't remember how many times he's punted all year, but I think he's had three touchbacks all year. I mean, just crazy how good he's been. Um, so that, that's fun. And, and, I mean, I'm glad he's getting, you know, he deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. I'm glad he's getting the recognition he deserves. But uh, just, you know, another guy that, that came up huge yesterday when it really mattered the most. All right, we'll move on to the defense uh, coming up. Before we do that, tell you about my bookie. Uh, if you're betting online, I'm doing it at my bookie. You've heard us talk about them before. Um, it's always a little bit more fun to watch the games if you have some action on it. Uh, you know, the Malcolm Butler touchdown, I, I think, had the game yesterday. Uh, so just stuff like that. I mean, you, just, you, you never know what's going to happen. But that's always a little bit more exciting. Whether you're new to betting or you've been doing it for a long time, my bookie is the best place to do, to, to do your betting if you're the kind of person who likes to wager a little and win a lot. Uh, you can pick three teams if you hit all three of them. You can turn 100 cards just like that. Uh, you can bet on whatever you want to. Obviously, fail college football, bowl games going on, NHL, NBA, whatever it is, even esports. If you if you want to bet on it, you can find it at my bookie. Uh, these guys, because I trust them, uh, they've been in business for years, got great reviews. They got a mobile site that's easy to use. Sign up to my sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50 percent deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, be sure to follow at, at BetMyBookie on Twitter, the person who mentioned in DM. Not to mention they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks of, to bet on sports this year. right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get, 50%, to get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So, I mean, I, I think the biggest story from the defense in this game is the fact that Jarrell Casey went out of the knee injury. Uh, again, we don't know what the extent of that is. I would assume that he probably got an MRI today. We ha- we're recording this Sunday night. We haven't heard anything. Mike Bribble did not have it on Sunday. He's going to have it on Sunday. Uh, again, you know, if we're going to get information on that, we will get it from a national guy. We will not, or, or you know, Terrell Casey himself, like Logan Ryan did last week, 
we're not going to get that from Mike Vrabel. But, you know, it was one of those deals where he was down, he went into the tent, he came out, took his pads off. So that's a good sign for his prospects going forward. And that's a little bit terrifying for a team that is, one, thin already, guys that can rush the passer, two, a team that has had trouble getting much pressure on It's a little bit terrifying thinking about facing a Week 17 game against Andrew Luck without Jarrell Casey. Yeah, I think I saw uh, Koharski had Titans were kind of feeling the worst. So, um, you know, you go, even if you win this game, he said that, he probably wouldn't be with the team through a potential playoff run. So, not good. Not good. Uh, like you said, this team doesn't have many guys uh, that can that can get after the passer. Uh, they've really done it on the interior. Obviously, that's going to take a hit here. He's a guy that demands double teams, uh, and it's just really effective, uh, you know, shooting those gaps and really getting after quarterbacks. So, it's like Harold Landry going to have to step up. Derek Morgan going to have to step up. Kamala uh, Correa, I'm not sure that you can replace the, the production that he's going to leave behind with the interior guys. I just don't think the Titans have that disruptor uh, behind him. It's something, it's a need that us have talked about all year. Uh, but, you know, Daquan Jones, uh, Austin Johnson, guys like that are going to have to step up, uh, especially against the run, uh, which the Colts are doing a lot more of nowadays. Um, Marlon Mack's really come on the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, without Jarrell Casey, without Logan Ryan, uh, you know, we'll see how, how creative Dean Pease can get to pile up some things. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it looked okay yesterday. But, again, when you're talking about, you know, facing Josh Johnson, it's a little bit different than Andrew Luck. Um, I, was, I was surprised that Adrian Peterson was able to get as much as he did. In, in the game on Saturday, I, I just really thought that the Titans would, would load the box and kind of dare Johnson to beat them. Uh, like you said, I mean, they given Peterson the ball, uh, you know, he's he's been effective this year at 33. I remember, you know, when, when it was announced the Redskins were signing him, I guess guys got hurt. It was just kind of like it was something that didn't really even seem all that newsworthy. I mean, it just seemed like a, a guy they were bringing in because of his name. But he's, he's proven this year that he can still play. And so, you know, good on them for, for making that move. And, and you know, they, that year, you talk about, I mean, we talk about all the injuries the Titans have had. I mean, they're down to their, what, fifth or sixth guard, uh, you know, their fourth quarterback. I mean, they, they've had all kinds of issues up there. And, you know, that now at seven and eight, I mean, that they've really, they, they've been a, a team that has been at least, you know, competitive of the year. But I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, that's, that's my biggest concern going forward is now that you're without, you know, really, your two at least veteran leaders. I think you throw Wesley Woodyard in there as well. But I mean, Jarrell Casey and Logan Ryan are the two guys that you can count on to know what's going on, to be able to help guys get lined up, all that kind of stuff. They got some other guys that can do that kind of stuff. Like I said, Woodyard. I mean, I think Kevin Byard is is developing into that guy. Like you said, Malcolm Butler. You know, made a big play here, and we've seen him come on the last couple of weeks, and so that's obviously going to help this team. And it's good. I mean, I don't know. Think about the the spot they would be in if the Malcolm Butler issues they were having earlier in the year. I mean, so at least he's come on a little bit. You can at least count on him to be, you know, at least serviceable at this point. So there there are some things where they're trending in the right direction. Rashawn Evans didn't finish the game as well, um, and he's a guy that's really late. So 
that's the biggest thing. I mean, I don't know. We have this Andrew Luck issue, obviously, and you know it, it's it's a it's a scary thing. I've been saying, uh, I don't know, Terry might not you know remember this stuff, but the, if you remember the Saved by the Bell, you know Jesse Span, you know, gets hooked on the caffeine pills, and she has that little meltdown in a room with Zach Morris, and the I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so scared. Like that that's that's kind of how I feel. I mean, it's really exciting to be in the to be where the Titans are, but it's just it's terrifying. That you're you're looking at Andrew Luck that's coming in here. You really wish it could be like the Jaguars because like the Titans have their number. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched Saved by the Bell every every morning before <laughs> middle school. There yeah, you go. I, I know what you're talking about there. <laughs> but yeah, with the uh, with the run defense's struggle, I, I think it was a product of Josh Johnson. You know, just just having that added threat there, the linebackers couldn't key in like, like the week before they could key in on Saquon Barkley. Josh was coming there. Uh, didn't have to worry about Eli scrambling and getting on the outside. It just just kills Wesley Woodyard and, and Rashawn Evans' uh, ability to kind of key in, and, and they just had to hang out and see what was going to happen. So uh, much bigger test uh, next week. Obviously, you saw what Bay with the comeback win. Uh, you know, it's just uh, I, I don't know how you'd be excited. I, I really don't. Um, I, I've already seen some some people on Twitter, people being negative, and I just it's it's kind of like you know I'm a Tennessee fan. I, I had to see them beat Florida before I could sit here and predict it to happen. You know, it took what 11 years for that to happen again. It, it, it's something I need to see the Titans go do before I say they can do it. And now you're talking about Jarrell Casey, Logan Ryan potentially being out of the equation. We'll see on Marcus Mariota. If Marcus is out, I'm I'm going to be totally down on this game. As long as eight is in the game, I think they'll have a fighting chance, at least at home. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the game is at home. That that's a that's a big deal there. Um, and you know, as of right now, the game's not sold out. Uh, I would imagine that it will be, and hopefully they'll do some of that. But yeah, it's just. The, the injuries, man, it piled up here, and we talked about it for really all year and all offseason about how lucky the Titans had been um, as, as far as injuries are concerned and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of gone the other way this year, and that's obviously not a good thing right now, but just to look at what they've been able to put together with that, um, uh, you, you know, you, you just kind of hats off to this team and this coaching staff from that standpoint. So in meaningful football in Week 17, uh, that if you if you have laid out all the games that were going to be missed, all the guys that they were going to be missing at different points in the season, you obviously would have not at all expected for this this game to mean something. And now this stupid Giants Colts game today, I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, even if the even if the Colts lose that game, the Titans still have to beat the Colts in Week 17 to go to the playoffs. But so watching that game, I'm just I'm sitting here getting pissed because I'm like. You know, Andrew Luck bringing them back, and Eli making stupid throws down the stretch. I was losing my mind, and then <laughs> that Steelers saying, I thought I was going to lose it after all the things that the Titans kind of needed to happen. Um, the majority of them feeling like they weren't going to happen. But uh, anyway, like I said, week it's here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about different playoff scenarios because actually a couple of things that could still happen for the Titans. Um, with it, I mean, obviously have to win. But if a few things go right in the, in the earlier games, the Titans could actually end up winning, being the two seed in the AFC. So I'll call that down after this. Yeah, so look, I mean, the most likely case here is the Titans end up with the sixth seed. 
if they win. Um, the the winner of the the we know the winner of the of the Titans Colts game is getting in. Uh, uh, but like I said, it could be as high as the two seed. If the Patriots lose to the Jets, now the Patriots play the Jets at home, so I mean you know the likelihood of that happening is not very high. Um, but if the Patriots were to lose, if the Texans were to lose to the Jaguars at home, and the Ravens were to lose to the Browns, then the Titans, if the Titans beat the Colts, they'd be the two seed, which is just is crazy to think about. Like I said, all that stuff is, is crazy. It, there's no way that all three of those things happen. But it's just crazy that you can still be in that point. And the Titans can still win the AFC South. I mean, if all the other stuff doesn't happen, if the Jaguars beat the Texans and the Titans beat the Colts, then I mean, the Jaguars beat the Texans, then the Titans-Colts game is for the AFC South title. So then, you know, if the other stuff doesn't happen, you, you don't get the, the two-seed in the bye, but you would get to host a, a playoff game, which I don't remember the last time the Titans did that, but it's been, what, 2008? I mean, it was 2008 season. Yeah. I think it was January 2009. But, you know, I, I mean, it's just wild that that they're in there. And look, we're looking up, I mean, that Steelers-Saints game, you know, comes down the wire. It looks like the, the Saints have kind of given it away. And then you're, you're talking about a scenario where the Titans could be 10-6 and six and not get in. So it's crazy that, you know, just a matter of, of kind of moments we went from looking at that, that scenario where they could be 10-6 and six and not get in to the point where now there's a possibility they could be the two-seed. Yeah, and if you just assume the Patriots are going to beat the Jets, and assuming things in the NFL these days is is pretty risky, um, it, it just looks like the, the Texans are going to take that three seed. So you know, you you pull off this this big deal of a win against Andrew Luck, who you've never beaten before. You're going to have to go to Houston, face Deshaun Watson, and you know the the trips to Houston don't seem to go the Titans' way. Uh, these days, uh, the last two have been pretty, pretty rough on this group. So uh, it's a brutal division. You know, we, we said it all off season. It wasn't quite true in the the, the beginning stage of the year. But man, did the Colts and the Texans and the Titans ever come on? And who would have thought it would have been the Jaguars who were back down to to top five draft pick status? But this this division we've talked about it a lot. And Andrew Luck, Marcus Mariota is going to have to stay healthy. Uh, just to keep pace with those two. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, in the scenario where, I guess if the Texans, the Texans would be the sixth seed, right? If the if they lost and the Titans won, then the Titans win the AFC South. But I think the Texans would still be the sixth in that scenario. So you would either, I mean, they're probably, if they get in, they're probably going to play the Texans. It's just a matter of if it's, you know, here or in Houston. Like you said, I, I just... I don't know. We'll see. And, and get in, man. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. We saw what happened last year. I mean, nobody gave the Titans a chance to go to Arrowhead and win, and they were able to do that. Um, and, and we've seen this team come on, and we've seen them, um, you know, find a new identity with Derrick Henry and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it's still it's still a possibility. And like I said, to, to be talking about this at this point is awesome. Uh, I don't know. I, it's Like I said, it's exciting. But it's scary at the same time. Luck just it, it's it'd be a great great story, right? Was nine nine games against him? They never won. Um, so to, you know, to, to to be one and nine, but getting the playoffs to keep the Colts home would be so much fun. Um, you know, they, they've they've been a, a one in the Titans side for a really long time. There are things at play here, and there's no reason not to at least be excited about it and to be looking forward to it. And like I said, it's awesome that it got flexed with Sunday Night Football. So at least we get to keep our dream alive until, you know, Sunday night. It won't be over at, you know, whatever time, 2 or 3 on the afternoon. So they, they've kind of got all that stuff going for me. Like, it should be a great atmosphere. 
that they deserve, this team deserves that. Um, they, they've, like I said, that nothing against what they've been able to do this year because they, they have, they have fought tooth and nail all year long. I mean, they, they have been, they've gone through all kinds of adversity and still find themselves in this scenario. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm excited, but scared. And you know, it's, 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 it's fun to be talking about this stuff because we thought what three weeks ago we were looking at our, our Really, four weeks ago, even we were looking at a real possibility where you, you lose another game and we're going into draft season mode, and that's never fun to be doing at the beginning of December. And so it's awesome that for the last you know two, three years we had to do that. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just like I said, I'm excited. We got we got Christmas and all that coming up, so there's there's a lot going on this week. But there will be meaningful football played at Nissan Stadium, you know, at, at the end of December, and you can't really ask for much more. So I don't. Any any final thoughts you have on where they, where we sit as of right now? Yeah, I mean the thing that stands out, you, know, you get primetime Marcus. Uh, he's been right. Yeah. He's been awesome it, when the brightest lights have been on. Uh, so you know his status still up in the air. I, if it's anything like the last injury, I think he's going to play. Uh, but obviously, we'll see later in the week. Uh, it's just going to be hard to keep a guy like that out of this one. But when the lights have been on and, and shining the brightest, he's been at his best. So. Uh, that would be worry to be the final game of the NFL Sunday in front of a national audience to see Marcus Mario to knock off Andrew Luck for the first time. Yeah, and one thing on that real quick, like I was seeing a couple people on Twitter yesterday saying, well, you know, when, when they want Marcus Mario, that's when he gets hurt and goes out of the game. Like, stop with that. Like, I understand that he's been hurt a lot, and we talk, I mean, it's dumb luck and all that kind of stuff. Like, we, we've been over all that. These, the, the, the people in the locker room, they love Marcus Mario. Taylor Lewan. I mean, if you hear him talk about Marcus Mariota and how much he loves, those guys are not having those types of – they're not saying those types of things publicly about him if he's the type of guy who just wants to shut it down when things are not going good. He's not Vince Young. He's not sitting over there on the sideline not winning a game because his feelings are hurt because people are booing him. Like, these are legitimate things that that have been that have been plaguing him this year. I don't even say bothering him because then people, you know, whatever. Like, these are legitimate things that have kept him out of games. And I think we saw in week one, he came back in to be interception against Miami. And I think he learned moment that if he can't feel his hand, which, you know, seems like a logical thing, but he tried to go back in the first time it happened, that if he can't do that, he's hurting the team by being in there. So stop with the crap of, you know, he doesn't, he's, he's soft and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's not the case. He, he's a guy that wants to be out there. It's just been stuff that, that has hampered him. And like you said, when the bright lights are on, he's been at his best, so... Listen, I, like I said, I'm excited about it, and, and we'll just we'll kind of see how it goes. Um, all right, so now, right before Christmas, you'll probably be listening to this on Monday, Christmas Eve. Uh, we'll be off until we'll probably record again on Wednesday night. Uh, so we'll have a new episode Thursday. Uh, we'll see if we'll do Thursday and Friday. We'll, we'll just kind of see how it plays out as the week goes along, what kind of news and, and kind of stuff that we have. But between now and then, I hope everybody has a, has a really Merry Christmas have fun with your family and all that stuff. And, and, and like I said, enjoy the fact that we've still got meaningful football and something to look forward to. Uh, check us out at where you can get everything you need to know about this team between now and then. We'll still have stuff going on there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry's at tlambertfb. And like I said, search out uh, Locked On Titans where we get your podcast and you'll be able to find us. So for Terry, this is Jimmy. Say Merry Christmas. Listen, we'll talk to you again later this week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app 
And be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh.